Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, today, we're going to be getting right into it. Um, I'm going to be talking to you about a novel I got to read in my English class called The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dere. So, this would have to be my favorite novel out of the out of the ones that we've read so far and I've been reading a lot this semester so uh this book is about a young girl who initially wants nothing more than to be educated that was her wish that was her mother's wish but unfortunately education is not something that is seen as a priority for girls and in her country and in, in her village. So um, since her family uh, is facing poverty in the midst of also losing her mother, her father goes and um, basically sells her to be the third wife to an older man named Morufu. And this makes this um this story touches on so many different uh social issues i feel um stuff like you know child labor um women in education and how women are treated in society um so uh there's um there her mother had a an instance where she felt as though if she had gotten the education that she wanted, then that she would be able to um, have married who she wanted to marry, right? Um, so she has this dying wish for her husband, like, listen, I do not want her to marry anyone. I want her to go to school so she can have her louding voice. And initially, a louding voice, from what I picked up, is when you can speak up for yourself, have your own opinion, know what you're talking about. Um, and she wants that for a dunny, like, really bad. And I would understand that because... Uh, in their village, uh, most of the girls get married by 14 or 15. Um, so, listen, I think that that's absolutely absurd. Child marriage is something I don't think, I don't think, first of all, I don't think anybody should be getting married to anyone against their own will. That's my first thing. Secondly, like, what What does an adult want with a child? It just, in my head, it just, I just cannot wrap my mind around child marriage. Um, I feel like that's also another issue that was, you know, I guess basically brought up in the story since a dunny 
was 14, she got married to Morifu. Um, um, so there was a day that Adani's mother had actually told her, she said, um, that day mama say, Adani, because I didn't go to school, I didn't marry my love. I was wanting to go outside this village to count plenty monies to be reading many books, but all of that didn't possible. And then she hold my hand, a dunny. God knows I will use my last sweat to be sending you to school because I am wanting you to have a chance at life. I'm wanting you to speak good English. Because in Nigeria, everyone is understanding English. And the more better you're speaking English, the more better for you to be getting good job. So essentially, um, Adani's mother knew that in order for her daughter to have a life where she has the choices or makes the choices for herself, she would need to go to school, get an education, get a job to, so she could provide for herself. And Adani had started going to school and then she stopped. So when she went back, she was like the oldest in the grade. But then she had to stop again because her family didn't have money like that. And then after her mother died, that's when, you know, her father made a, uh, basically set her bride price. A bride price is uh, what somebody or their family will give the bride's family to marry her. Um, and he was giving them... Um, he was bringing four four he goats, um, fowl, a bag of rice, and money, five thousand naira. Um, and apparently, this this is when we go back into the the situation of how child marriage. Um, her father says to her after she goes to her, him to try to beg him to basically not marry her off. He says to her, tomorrow, Marufu will bring four he goats to this compound. Papa hold up four thin fingers and start to speak English. One, two, three, four. He says the spit fly from his mouth and land on, his, on my up lip. He is bringing fowl too. A Greek fowl, very costly bag of rice two of it and money i didn't tell you that one five thousand naira adani five thousand i have a fine girl child at home at your age you're not supposed to be in the house you're supposed to have born at least two one or two children's by this time and it's like really unfortunate that her own father believes that she should already be giving birth. Like, I feel like child marriage, you know, that takes away from your childhood. Um, like, teen pregnancy happens. 
on accident, maybe. Um, but child marriage, you're being forced to marry someone who is mostly likely, like, way older than you. Like, you might be the third wife, fourth wife, you know? And you're, like, 14, 15, they're, like, in their 40s, and you're, like, giving birth to their babies. I Like I said earlier, I simply cannot wrap my head around that. Um... And, you know, and we start getting into how they think of women that have education. There was an instance where um, there is this woman in the village named Tola. And she has a job. She went to school. She has a car. She gets to take care of her father and after a dunny basically tells him all of this good stuff like you know she got her education she has all this stuff and she's taking care of her father her father turns around and says with no husband papa shake his head slap his hand two times god forbid my sons will care for me born boy is learning mechanic work at Cassine Motors very soon chaos will follow him what will I do with you nothing 14 year, years old 14 years going 15 is a very good age to marry like women in the society have no value without a man beside them um and that's something that is very not only unfortunate for women, but look at it and, you know, it's not only in the village that, you know, that people think like that. Like, back in the day, even now, some people, some people will not address the wife. If you're out with your husband, they address the husband. They acknowledge the husband because he's supposedly, quote-unquote, the head of the house. But why aren't you acknowledging me as well? I'm my own person, you know? Um, I don't, I just don't understand why a woman's worth has anything to do with a man. At all. Like, it's it's a very uh, touchy topic for some people. Men don't like to accept that's how society is. We try to have conversations with them and about you know how these gender roles are placed on us and how how they want us to act a certain way. And a lot of you know a lot of men don't like to accept it. Try to deny it. Try to deny that women have it harder than them, but we know the truth. <laughs> um, so as um, as as Adani is begging her father to not marry her off, he says something that I feel 
she felt so betrayed. He says to her, a dunny, Papa said, shaking his head. We cannot be eating promises food, promises not paying our rent. Marufu is a good man. This is a good thing, a happy thing. And he's talking about the promise that he had made to his wife to not marry the daughter off, that he broke as soon as the mother died. Um, that was something I would feel a bit very betrayed, you know, if my father made a promise to my mother to not do something and turns around and does it as soon as she dies. You know, um, and there are, you know, Adani fights to get her education throughout the book. Like, she has been determined, even when, even after she was married off, she ended up being a housemaid in, in Lagos. And she's an ad for a scholarship to go to a school. And she makes sure that she finds some type of resource to help her to her best ability to write this paper for this scholarship. And I just want to uh, go. There's an article that I had found actually about the 10 toughest places for girls education and it's a bbc um article and it basically entails that how um where these people where these women are located these girls are located um why the reasons and where so you know, they're one of the reasons were conflict zones. And most families uh, um, in fragile countries are like at risk of poverty. There some some of the breadwinners might be sick or they're all like malnourished. Um, so when that happens, you know, most young girls are expected to work instead of going to school. And many of them marry very young and that ends any chance of education because now they're a wife. Um, the, uh, t the top 10 places that are the toughest for girls' education, number one being South Sudan. The world's newest country has faced much violence and war with destruction of schools and families forced from their homes. Almost three quarters of girls do not even make it to primary school. And it is so unfortunate that there is a statistic of just girls going to primary school. I feel like all children should have access to education, boys and girls, and it doesn't matter where they are. Um, 
Number two being Central African Republic. Reason being, there is one teacher for every 80 pupils. That is ridiculous. And a lot of these countries don't have many resources. And it's so unfortunate. Uh, Number three being Niger. Only 17% of women between the ages of 15 and 24 are literate. Between the ages of 15 and 24. Only 17%. That is ridiculous. That means... Why? Why? Number four is Afghanistan. It's a wide gender gap with boys most likely to be in school than girls. Every time I see something about how society puts women in a place of, of trying to not have us educated and be basically a lower class citizen simply because we're born a woman, a woman, a woman is like, I, that's another thing I can't simply wrap my head around. Like, there are so many things that women have these restrictions because of their gender. These restrictions that we're supposed to or expected to uphold. Um, Five, being Chad. Many social and economic barriers to girls and women getting education. So... You know, that being money, um, schools might be too far. They can't really walk that far or get up that early to even... They might take hours to walk to school. Six is Mali. Only 38% of girls finish primary school. Mm. And that's just primary school. Seven being Guinea. The average time in education among women over the age of 25 is less than one year. Over the age of 25. Mm. Eight is Burkina Faso. Only 1% of girls complete secondary school. That's little to none. Completing secondary school, that's middle school. That's probably when all of them start getting married. Um, Nine is Liberia. Almost two-thirds of primary age pupils out of school. Wow. And ten, Ethiopia. Two in five girls are married before the age of 18. So... You know, uh, child marriage is something that plays a role in w- women getting education in these other places. That, um, also the country's resources, what they have available, like teachers are not available. People are not going to school to be, t- I guess some, m- most men are not going to school to be teachers. And the women that most likely would go to school to be teachers are being married young. 
so they don't really have that many people educated or trained to be a teacher in these places and no um people are fighting poverty as well like i said earlier like the children when their parents get sick they're expected to step up and start taking care of the family boy and girl if they can get a bride price for their daughter they're going to marry her off and get money to take care of the family um and you know that's just something that uh i just don't think should be seen as okay in as many places as it is i feel like it has a, it's kind of not even kind of it's definitely pedophilia um i don't think that any girls should have to be forced in any situation where they have to you know just marry someone they don't want to marry um overall i did enjoy this book it was truly um something insightful it opened my eyes to uh, issues i knew that existed but when you read it from a narrative perspective it is truly it opens your eyes in another way because it's like you're seeing everything through their eyes you know so this was a good book and i hope everybody anybody was uh inspired to read it thank you